Welcome to the first edition of Who's Better Baseball, a show where we aim to answer a very simple question on each episode. Who's better at baseball? Today, we are diving into the National League East. Who's better, the Braves or the Phillies? Before we get into that, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein, the managing editor at JustBaseball.com. You can also find my work over at Locked on Mets if you're watching on YouTube. You see the Mets stuff behind me, a daily podcast on the Mets, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. And so obviously when we discuss the topics of the National League East, I bring some bias to the table, but that's why we're starting with two teams that I don't have any dog in the fight where I can be an unbiased observer trying to distinguish which team is better. As we do this exercise around the game before opening day, the idea is to look at each division, look at the contending teams, and decide which one's better suited to win that division. Who's going to be better, the Padres or the Dodgers, the Yankees or the Blue Jays? We're going to get into all of that, but today we start with the team that has won the National League East five years running and the team that went to the World Series, won the NL pennant, the Phillies. I always like to begin this looking at the first five of the lineup because simply put, if you can't put together five quality MLB players atop your lineup, your team probably sucks. We're looking at you, Washington. So let's look at the first five for each of these teams because if the first five is great, the team's probably going to be great. And each of these teams has five players that can be all-stars this season. So we'll begin with the Braves. Ronald Acuna Jr., Michael Harris II, Austin Riley, Matt Olson, and the new addition, Sean Murphy, who they traded for and then got him to sign another one of those Braves contracts. It doesn't make sense, but guys, you know, have their their team control leveraged against them. They want to play for a contender. We will give the Braves credit that they have built an environment that these guys say, yes, underpay me for the rest of my career. I love it, but I digress. You see the Mets anger coming out. That is a great five, and what I love about all five of them, they bring both sides of the game. They're good offensively, they're good defensively. The Phillies, you don't have a lot of that because some of these defenders are pretty bad, but the bats really you know, are jaw-dropping, and it's why they went to the World Series. And now they add Trey Turner into the mix. You go from Gene Segura to Trey Turner, massive upgrade. He's going to be atop the lineup. Kyle Schwarber. JT Ramuto, we're going to include Bryce Harper in this conversation. Otherwise, it's not fair. And it's also why, as we preview this division, I do feel that Bryce Harper's absence ultimately makes them the clear third team in this division as far as just winning it and lasting the 162. But for just trying to figure out which team is better, which one can win a World Series this year even, you have to include Bryce Harper in the conversation. And then you got Reese Hoskins. So five great bats there, but that the gloves are part of what makes me lean Braves. And as we, we kind of get into player by player, I think you'll start to see what I'm saying. So we begin with the two right fielders, assuming Harper was healthy enough to play right field. Bryce Harper, Ronald Cunha Jr. These guys should be the best player on each of these teams. Ronald Cunha last year did not have the best season. He was a two-win player, but we know there's more there. We know he was coming off the ACL, gruesome injury to get back from the fact that he got on the field for over 100 games was impressive. I think he's going to return. I think the caught stealings will go down. He's going to swipe more bags. The power is going to come back. We've seen him make some cameos in Winter League games, and he looks like himself. I think Acuna is going to have a big year where he reminds us all, oh, yeah, I am an absolute superstar that you know can ignite at any time and burn down the National League and hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bags and do all of this stuff that we saw him put together in 2019. 
I think that Acuna is going to be that dude again. And to me, that is a a huge reason why uh, they might just be the favorites in this division because if they get a healthy Acuna, that's going to be a huge difference maker. Then you got Austin Riley. I mean, Austin Riley has been contending for MVPs now. He is an unbelievable hitter. He might just be the best hitter in the National League when everything's clicking. Uh, that That's such a great talent. But the Phillies, you know, they got Trey Turner. They got J2 Ramuto. They have three guys that, if healthy, can and should be six-win players. I think for the Braves, they maybe have two with Acuna and Riley. But then again, we would not be surprised at all if a Michael Harris put it all together with the defense and the offense, it could be that guy. And Matt Olson as well. Matt Olson had a season where the power was still there, but you know the defensive numbers were kind of surprisingly bad compared to what he had been. He wasn't hitting for as high of an average, wasn't getting on base at as high of a clip, striking out a little bit. I mean, I think Matt Olson in year two is going to be a lot better. And if you compare you know, a Matt Olson as your you know, third player to, you know, what the Phillies have with Trey Turner, JT Ramuto, and Bryce Harper. I don't think that that is a massive advantage for Philly. I take Phillies three over a Riley Acuna Olsen, but it's not a, a, a glaring, you know, difference there. And then when you add the fourth player into the mix, this is where I just think that the Braves are better. They're fourth and they're fifth with Michael Harris and Sean Murphy compared to Kyle Schwarber and Reese Hoskins. With Schwarber and Hoskins, they're going to give you the home run. Schwarber has been unbelievable the last two years. You know, he missed some time in 2021, still hit 30 bombs with the Nationals and the Red Sox. And then he hit 46 home runs, the second most in baseball this last this last year, the most in the National League. Hoskins hit 36 more in the playoffs to help get them to the World Series. They're going to bring the power, but they're also both terrible defenders, whereas Michael Harris and Sean Murphy are great gloves. They can both be gold gloves at their respective positions, at premium positions, at catcher and center field. I think the Phillies, their defense got so much better by being able to plug in Trey Turner to move Stott to second, and they're really good up the middle with Brandon Marsh and JT Romuto. So I think they're in a good place, but at the corners defensively, they're very weak. To hash war, but to have Castellanos potentially back in the outfield again, to have Hoskins at first, and then Alec Bohm might be the best defender of the bunch, and Alec Bohm has never been considered a good defender, even though we started to see some flashes of him come around a bit come come the October, come playoffs. I, I just think that the, the top end of the Braves is a little bit better. But then as we get into the final four, as I call it, the back half of these lineups, and then into the depth on the bench, suddenly it might skew Philly. And this is where it gets interesting because the Braves have by far the best player of all the names I'm about to mention. Maybe the best two, but it falls off. You got Ozzy Albies, best name of all of these guys. For the rest of the Braves lineup, Eddie Rosario, Travis Darno, Vaughn Grisham. For the Phillies, it's Nick Castellanos coming off a terrible year. Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh. Albies is the best player. Darno might be the second best player based on what he did last year. I also will note that roster resource at Fangrass had Marcelo Ozuna as their DH. Ozuna, to me, put him on the bench. I don't even think he should be on the roster with all the stuff that he's done off the field, but that's a conversation for another day, probably a different show. Darno though, had a great season. He was really becoming top five, maybe, top ten catcher in baseball. And now Sean Murphy comes into play and takes his job, but... They can do the same thing they did last year with William Contreras, but Darno can be in that DH 
know, catch backup catcher role. And maybe the offense plays up even more. Von Grisham is the big question mark. And it's natural to compare him to Bryson Stott with these two teams. Guys that, you know, could play shortstop. But for Stott, he's just in the advantageous position now where he probably bats eighth on this team. Plays second base next to Trey Turner. The pressure is just non-existent for a guy that was just the starting shortstop on a team in the World Series, whereas Vaughn Grisham has to fill the shoes of Dansby Swanson. And I know Ron Washington's an amazing infield coach. I'm sure Grisham will be okay there. But playing everyday shortstop and then also having to hit, it's going to be a tough task for the rookie. I believe he still has his rookie status after coming up last year. But regardless... I think Stott's in a better position to have a better year this year, even if Grisham becomes the better player long-term. Now, Alec Bohm and Nick Castellanos are really the guys that have to be awesome for the Phillies to win this division. You need Castellanos to be the guy you signed to be, to give you something offensively. He can't be a low 700, high 600 OPS guy. He just can't. Alec Bohm. He was amazing in the shortened season. He was bad in 2021. He was average last year when you put it all together. Can he be an above average starting third baseman in baseball? I think the talent's there. I think this is the year for him at 26 to prove it, but they need him. The two players the Phillies need the most this year, it's Alec Bohm and Andrew Painter, in my opinion, and we'll get to the pitching in just a minute. But we dive into the benches of these teams. Dalton Guthrie, Garrett Stubbs, Mundo Sosa, Josh Harrison. So what roster resource is projecting for the Phillies, for the Braves, Marcelo Zuna, Orlando Arcia, Sam Hilliard, and Jordan Luplo. Those last two names, I mean, whew. Do the Braves have players coming up through their system that can supplant those guys? Will they make additions? I'd hope so if I was a Braves fan because that bench looks weak to me. Orlando Arcia, the only name I like, and he is good. And I think if Von Grisham can't perform, Arcia a nice, maybe high-floor guy that can be that shortstop for you. So I'm okay with that, but I look at the Philly side. Guthrie was sneaky good last year in a small sample. and was good in AAA. We'll see what he is. Um, you know, They also, I think, might have Derek Hall in the mix early in the season without Harper, and I think he can bring something offensively. Garrett Stubbs, fine backup catcher. Edmundo Sosa, what's he going to be? Because he was amazing as a Philly. But he was terrible as a Cardinal, which allowed him to end up on the Phillies. Defensively, as a backup utility infielder, though, you have to love that. Um, you know, whenever Trey Turner needs a day, they have a great defensive shortstop to plug in. Probably even a better defensive shortstop than Trey Turner. Second base for Stott. He could supplant him as Stott for whatever reason struggled. So it could slide in there. He could back up Bohm at third. And will his bat translate the way it did last season? I think he's a, a nice, nice bench piece for him. And Josh Harrison, to add him into the mix, solid as well, right? Guy that offensively is going to be above average that can play multiple positions. So I, I kind of sneaky like the Phillies bench and maybe um, put them at an even playing field with the Braves. Um, could even be talked into if Bohm was awesome. Castellanos became who he used to be. I could even say the Phillies would be a better team when it comes to position players. But at the same token, I believe defensively the Braves are just so much better just all around that their F4 come season end from their position players will probably be higher, especially because as much as you can talk about a lack of depth, you expect Acuna, Harris, Riley, Olsen, Murphy, um, either Murphy or Darno, you're going to be strong at that position, whoever's out there. Albies, you expect all these guys, Grisham even, to play every day. So 
Uh, and a lot of those guys did, you know, lead the league. Like I think Riley and Olson were right up there last year with getting out there every day. As was Dansby Swanson. So we'll see. And and also when when Harris came up, he was out there every day. So uh, I think that we can almost call it a wash. But then what we're gonna do here as we get into pitching, so we're gonna see the Braves just have so much more pitching that the conversation skews in their direction. But the front end of what the Phillies can be is still so enticing because they got Aaron Nola, they got Zach Wheeler, they got Ranger Suarez. That trio was great and good enough to get you a couple wins away from a championship. So I love that group. Where it falls off for me is Taiwan Walker and Bailey Falter. That back end of the rotation. They got Taiwan Walker to try to solidify it. I really don't know, particularly with the situations that they're in, I think Noah Syndergaard ends up with a better year this year than Walker because he's going to the Dodgers. Whereas Walker's come to Philly where he's pitched terrible in the Mets uniform. Trust me, I saw it. And I think the home runs are going to be just just rampant in that ballpark against him. And that's going to balloon his ERA and make him a bad pitcher at home. I will say his splitter is a really nice weapon he's refining last year. We saw a lot of success with that splitter. If he leans into that more, there's still a good pitcher in Taiwan Walker. He can be a solid four, but I compare it to the Braves side. I personally put Spencer Strider as their two, even though Roster Resource has him as their four. So I look at Max Fried, Spencer Strider as two of the top 30 pitchers in baseball, and guys comparable to Nola and Wheeler. You take Nola and Wheeler based on the track record, but I also have some concerns about them coming off all the innings last year, and I think the ceiling of Freed Strider is just better because Spencer Strider has the, the potential, if he does what he did last year over a full season, to be considered the nastiest pitcher in baseball not named Jacob deGrom. So, I mean, Strider-Freed is dynamic, and then you get to Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton. It's just such a good four, and then... You go beyond that. You go to the depth starters. For the Phillies, Bailey Falter at the five. For the Braves, if he can finally, and even as a Mets fan, I'm rooting for him to get back. Mike Soroka, can he get on the hill? Can he be what he used to be, where he was considered the 1A to freeze 1B at one point, right? I mean, years ago, Mike Soroka was that dude. If he's back, even if he's a semblance of himself, now, would it be shocking to anyone if Mike Soroka was healthy that he would pitch to a 4 ERA? Not at all. Would it shock me if Bailey Falter pitched to a 4 ERA? Probably. I think it's more like 4 5, 4 6, 4 7. So there I like the Braves. Then you got Ian Anderson, Bryce Elder. And, and beyond that, we know the Phillies pump out picks, or the Phillies, excuse me, they do not. The Braves pump out arms. I, I just think the Braves are better, they're deeper. But the, the big X factor that I alluded to before, Andrew Painter. This is one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. I don't even know how high Arm is going to put him on our top 100 this year. And if you've listened to Arm Layton or Jack McMullen, two guys that know the minor leagues better than anyone, if you've listened to them speak about Andrew Painter, he is like the second coming. He is going to be the ace of the Phillies in a couple of years, and he could, in short order, dominate the National League. So if Andrew Painter comes up and is amazing, well, we're going to be looking at that Phillies rotation a lot differently. I think that this Phillies rotation, it again plays into the same thing I would have said about them a year ago when I proclaimed on Just Baseball Podcast and on my own podcast, Locked on Mets. I said going into opening day, the Phillies are the best puncher's chance team in baseball. They remain that this year. They get into October with a rotation that could be 
Nola Wheeler Suarez Painter. And Harper's healthy and Turner and Real Muto and everyone is ready to go with all their star power. They are unbelievable, but their depth is the issue. And that's why I still view them as the third best team in this division. And as we get to the bullpen, you're going to see that even more. From the Braves side, we know they have arms and arms and arms and arms in their pen. Rizel Iglesias, A.J. Minter, Joe Jimenez, Colin McHugh, Lucas Lucky. That's a great five. And look at the stats last year these guys put up. 2.47 ERA for Iglesias, 2.06 for Minter, 3.49 for Joe Jimenez, but his ex-fip was 2.70. Colin McHugh, 2.60 ERA, 3.24 ex-fip. Lucas Lucky, 2.67 ERA, 3.95 xFIP. So maybe there's some regression there. But when you got the xFIP of Iglesias at 2.9, the xFIP of Minter at 2.68, I already mentioned him at 2.70, Colin McHugh 3.24. These guys are all expected to be great pitchers, and the results were there for all of them last year. We slide over to the Phillies. Results-wise, amazing. Sir Anthony Dominguez, great closer, 3 ERA, 3.26 xFIP. Alvarado, 3.18 ERA, 2.16 xFIP. We're going to stay with just ERA and Gregory Soto before I rip them to shreds. 3.28 ERA. Craig Kimbrell, 3.75 ERA. Andrew Bellotti was good, 3.31 ERA, 3.37 xFIP. I like Dominguez. I like Alvarado. I like Bellotti. I do not like Soto. I do not like Kimbrell. And honestly, I low-key hate Gregory Soto. 4.59 xFIP, that would be glaring in of itself. His home run to fly ball rate last year, do you have any idea how low this was pitching in Comerica Park? This is almost like a Babbitt merchant, you know, a guy that his Babbitt for one year is 370, but it's sat at 280, and you're wondering what happens, and that's why he was able to hit to a 300 average when he's a career 220 hitter. Gregory Soto's home run to fly ball rate screams regression. 3.4% last year. In his career, it's over. It's always been over 10%. Pitching in cavernous Comerica, now he goes to Citizens Bank, and he walks over five batters per nine. What do I see happening a lot next season? Gregory Soto comes in with a two-run lead, the seventh inning, he walks two batters, he gives up a three-run homer. I see that happening a ton. I just don't think that the strikeout stuff is good enough to offset the walks and to offset what I think is going to be a alarming jump at home runs pitching in that ballpark. Also, think about the divisions. Okay, it's great to be the all-star closer of the Tigers where you're de facto because no one else on the team is that good, where you're closing games against the Royals and even where the best team in the division, the Guardians, can have a weak lineup that goes through stretches at times. And the Twins, who are inconsistent, to go from that division to the National League East, have fun closing games against the Braves and the Mets. And even on the National League side, with, with a more even schedule, having to go up against the Dodgers and the Padres. I think Soda's going to have a bad year. And if you're a Philly fan and, and I'm wrong, come at me at the end of the season. I just don't see it there. I don't think that was the addition that it's been made up to be. And I don't know what Craig Kimbrell has left in the tank. I, I think, you know, low risk there, but I, I just think the bullpen is a huge discrepancy that leads to the Braves' favor, and their overall pitching depth moves the needle more for me. 
I said the same thing again about this Phillies team. If they get to October, they got as good of a chance as the Mets or the Braves to win the World Series. But we have to remember there were 14 games worse than the regular season last year. And Trey Turner, even as a six-win player, is not going to make up for all that. I do think it's closer. I do think they get within 10 games. But I think that you know whoever wins the division, the Braves and the Mets, is going to finish you know, seven games ahead of the Phillies, who will still be a wildcard team. All these teams are good. I think the Mets and the Braves are a tier better. And that is what we'll be discussing on Friday's episode of Who's Better Baseball. We're going to be doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday once we continue to get into the season. I'm going to try to continue that leading up to opening day because there's a lot to preview. Uh, until then, and a lot of players we're going to dissect. That's the beautiful thing about this show. It could be who's better, which team. It could be who's better, Shohei Otani, the pitcher, Shohei Otani, the hitter. We're going to get into that at one point. Who's better, you know, Julio Rodriguez or Michael Harris? A lot of fun debate that can be had. We're going to bring a lot of different writers on the show when they write stuff for JustBaseball.com. They're going to be guests. And on Friday, Jack McMullen is going to join me because obviously I can't just sit here and discuss Mets and Braves and tell you the Mets are better without someone keeping me in check. So Jack's going to aim to do that. Uh, make sure wherever you are consuming this that you're following, that you're subscribing, if you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, and check out the articles. Got Who's Better, Mets or Phillies, and a podcast I did on Locked on Mets, both live already. Um, and by end of day today, I will have Who's Better, the written version of what you just heard, Braves or Phillies. I'll see you on Friday for Who's Better, Mets or Braves.